welcome back to After the Siren. This is episode 20, 2 and 0. Oh. My name is Jarvis, one of your hosts as always, and always joined by me is... Nisha Hapel. Perfect, so just before we go into how we're doing, let's go over a brief run through what you're going to be hearing for today's episode. So today we've got a pretty packed episode considering it's been a a buy round. There's lots and lots of news to come out. We're going to obviously go through the uh, story of Nathan Buckley's retirement from the Collingwood Football Club. We're also going to discuss the Hunter Clark incident that came out of the St Kilda and Adelaide game. That one's a bit of a controversial one. Um, We're also going to be looking at some sad news, some insulting and offensive tweets circulating on social media, and then we are going to take you through a big run-through of the AFLW trade period, which uh, some of us are happier about than others. Yeah, but before we get into that and our top funny moment, Nisha, how has your week been? Up and down, not going to lie. The news that we were finally allowed to leave our houses again was very welcomed. Um, Very excited to just be able to like go out for dinner or, um, you know, go to the movies or whatever again. Go have a drink. Go have a drink, exactly. Definitely keen to get all of that going on. Um, Otherwise, before that, just been a bit bored, not much to do. But um, yeah. What about yourself? Same thing. I've done nothing. Love that um, for us. I don't know. It's it's a semester break, so I'm just relaxing uh, between semesters, kind of recharging my batteries. Also, between not having work as well, I've been a bit, t- bit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> just been catching up on some Z's, some sleep and time, and <laughs> yes, uh, we just have. enjoying uh, the days off while I still have them before going back to work Definitely. and uh, doing all that other stuff, and obviously going back to uni. Uh, but we've got a few trips planned up to the snow. In the next couple of weeks or next month or so, so I'll be excited for that. Lots um, to look forward to. Now, so reflecting yeah. back on this round of footy before we get into our top footy moments. Yes. What a crazy round of football we've just witnessed. It is yeah. definitely the round of the upsets and um, the round that upset our tipping. Well, yeah. Well, not, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're looking at the, the score sheets at the moment, but... I'm not looking too well. Yeah, I've, got, I've leapt ahead. Yeah, you've leapt ahead by three points. I'm four down. points. Four, is it four points? It's four points, buddy. Oh. You got to knuckle down. You were three points up last I, week. I was three it? points up last week. That's how I am now. Four points up last, this week. Oh, did I get two wrong last week? I did. I chose. Oh, uh, I chose lines over Melbourne, didn't I? Yeah, you did. Oh, no. Okay, well. Mm. He's fallen in a hole a bit, but don't worry. I have confidence. I have confidence you can come back. And uh, we've got a whole another half a season to go. So yes. without further ado, we'll get into our top footy moments. But just a quick reminder, if you listening at home have a top footy moment from the weekend, please do not be shy. Send it in to us. We would love to hear your contribution and what you're thinking as your top footy moment. But Jarvis, I'll let you go first. You got a bit of an exciting one. Yeah, it comes from the uh, the first game on Saturday. Oh no, it's the last night. It Saturday. was the evening game. It was on the Saturday. evening game. I'm time is only uh, a figment of my imagination <laughs> at this point. Um, it's going to come from the Saint Kilda Adelaide Crows game, and it's going to be the man that was able to put Adelaide just over the line. Just, um, just. literally just. I think he barely. <laughs> Got that Barely crossed over. the line. Yeah. 
It's going to be Riley Philthorpe. Obviously, he's been having a pretty decent season considering is this first season. First season, first season yeah. He, he was um, picked two in the draft last year behind your uh, Jamara Eagle Hagen. Yes. So, so doing pretty well for himself. Obviously, Jamara still yet to debut, but Philthorpe, on the other hand, has debuted and he's done really well um, considering that he's partnered with Taylor Walker down the forward line um, and he was able to kick a miraculous goal. Now, we've seen a few of the over-the-head uh, kick back behind goals this year mm. from um, Cody Waitman and I think yeah. someone else got it as well but I can't remember who uh, but Riley Thorthorpe uh, in like the last I want to say maybe minute, minute and a half, minute and a think, half yeah. of the game uh, he was able to grab the ball at the top of the goal square and kick it uh, right behind his head it looked like it was not even going to make the distance which is probably it was about, a very high ball it yeah. went up and then down and just across the line didn't it so it was very lucky uh, Thorthorpe again having an amazing season I don't know how many goals he's kicked so far this season but I want to say it's probably maybe 10 12 goals i want to mm. say something like that he's been averaging about two goals a game at this point uh since his debut so yeah really well done from the youngster hopefully uh more to come and obviously when you're partnering up with taylor walker you know it's going to be pretty obvious that you'll good have leadership a, yeah good Got leadership share and stage. you'll be able to um grow as a player so yeah that's my top footy moment of d week what is yours niche Mine is just stepping away from the action on the field. Uh, I'm going to go to what uh, we witnessed yesterday on Monday with the big freeze at the G. Now, uh, the game was not held at the MCG. Obviously, it was held up at the SCG. However, the um, big freeze sliders still did their bit at the MCG. And one of my highlights was seeing... AFL CEO Gillan McLaughlin go down the slide dressed as Meatloaf, who, uh, um, if you've been following footy a while, you'll know that Meatloaf infamously performed at the grand final uh, quite a few years back and uh, was a big letdown, a big uh, disappointment to some of the fans. It's become a bit of a, you know, running joke within the AFL, bring back Meatloaf every year, but um, I couldn't think of anything worse. They had him a couple years in a row, Meatloaf, wasn't it? No, it was just that that one one season and he was absolutely shocking. Look, when you're hiring a guy called Meatloaf, you're only going to get what you pay for. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, in all seriousness, um, the big freeze led by uh, none other than Neil Neil Danaher um, raised $2 million and that was only up until yesterday afternoon. The the foundation. Yes, without beanie sales, the foundation is still uh, open, still donations can be made, but um, that was just uh, recorded on Monday afternoon that they had hit the $2 million mark, which is a really, really outstanding effort. I um, they would have doubled that, if not tripled that, with the beanie sales. Yeah. Look, was, if you didn't watch the footy, there was beanies everywhere. It was exactly. About every, what, one in three people had a beanie, At much. least, yeah, and we had our beanies on at home, yep. keeping us warm in the cold Melbourne weather, so... Um, um, yeah, definitely wouldn't recommend. You know, it's probably the easiest 20 bucks you'll spend. Yeah. Um, really, really good cause, obviously, helping the fight against MND, which is a very, very worthy cause. Yes. Um, shall we jump straight into our news story? Shall we? Um, coming out of the week, I think one of the biggest news stories um, to hit the AFL world in quite some time. Um, probably since Eddie Maguire himself has stepped down. Mm. Nathan Buckley stepped down as coach of uh, the Collingwood Football Club. Obviously, this is coming out from a pretty mediocre start of the season Mm. um, and also from the other previous seasons. Nathan Buckley has been obviously playing since he was a a wee lad (laughs) and now has grown up and now retiring from football together. So it's the last time we'll see him. Uh, Do you want to get a bit 
uh, further in depth to the story niche. Yeah, well, I think it's very fair to say that Nathan Buckley is black and white royalty over at Olympic Park. Um, can't commend him enough for his efforts, honestly. He's given his heart and soul to that football club. So Bucks coast, coached his final game yesterday at the Queen's Birthday Clash that we just spoke of. And the Pies managed to pull off a miraculous win over Melbourne, which is, you know, if you're going to send someone off in any way, uh, that gonna, is the way. Yeah, against the uh, the leaderboard leaders at the moment. Yes. And um, in, in Buckley's press conference, he uh, said that he was really proud of what he had achieved. Um, but it's quite clear that Collingwood are starting a rebuild of sorts. Uh, they need to go back to the start and see what they can build up from the bottom. And Bucks just didn't know whether he had that, you know, three to five years in him that a rebuild can potentially take. Or if you go for Carlton, a 25-year rebuild. Um <laughs> So, yeah, he's, he's left it in the capable hands of uh, Robert Harvey, who might sound familiar to some St Kilda supporters. He was a big, big legend on the field at St Kilda, but has been uh, backing up Nathan Buckley in the coaching box since he left St Kilda as a player. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to congratulate Bucks on a really good career. And, um, you know, we may well see him again as a coach or a coaching advisor. He's got... Yep. A wealth of knowledge and a wealth of experience, but um, for the moment he obviously can have a seat back and take some time with his with his young boys and and enjoy life uh, after coaching. Yeah, obviously, um, former Premiership player. Mm. Um, he won the Brownlow, didn't he? I'm pretty sure. Yes, he did. Yes, former Brownlow player. Um, so he's got a multiple of accolades. You know, being senior coach. Nine and a half years at the helm, two years as assistant assistant coach from 2010 to 2011. So he's been through it all. He's through the ups and downs. Um, hopefully everything goes well for uh, the rest of his um, life, I guess. Mm. And for Collingwood, leaves them in a position where they can start fresh. I've got a new president, a new coach, and hopefully they can build the form that they are after because um, what you said at the start, they haven't really been able to deliver that uh, Collingwood-like football. They're, they're typically one of the clubs that like to be competitive and they haven't been that this year. Yeah, and obviously if, the, if they can continue that form that they had against Melbourne, which I think was a bit of a one-off to be fair. We'll um, have to wait and see. Have to wait and see, but obviously they have their bye next round, so we won't see them until round 14 or 15, I believe. I can't remember which one it is. Um, but yeah, so we'll just have to wait and see how they go. Um, it'll be interesting to see where the Pies uh, finish off for the season, and hopefully after maybe um, a bit of a rebuilding stage with the drafts, they'll be able to um, set themselves up for another premiership down the line. We'll have to wait and see. Future is unknown. We're going to go into our second story now. Mm-hmm. This one has been has pretty much split the middle of, of commentators and, and footy uh, fans across Australia. Um, it's been really, really heavily debated, and it is the incident that occurred in that St Kilda Adelaide match yep. with Hunter Clark and David McKay. So um, just to give you all the details, Hunter Clark left the field uh, with a broken jaw. That was confirmed after the match and um, that was after a collision with David McKay from the Adelaide Football Club. Now you saw this incident Jarvis, what was your take on it? Yeah so it was uh, about 15 minutes into the second quarter uh, It was. it's hard to, to say that you know it was done deliberately obviously there's a big um, eye of concussion around mm. this season um, uh, especially with the, t- the 14 day 
um, gap between yeah. playing, but if when you get a concussion, when you're yeah, eligible to play back, yeah, I think it's a twelve day break. Yeah, twelve day um, break to take. Um, obviously, both players were looking at the ball. Um, mm. I think it was Mackay actually had Mackay. Sorry, got me confused. Yeah. I actually had Confusing. the ball when going for the collision. So both players were going for the ball, had eyes for the mm. ball, not um, each other. Um, now, it's just an unfortunate circumstances yeah. that happened. I've watched a few people analyze this and slow it down and break it down. And it, it always down. looks worse in slow motion yeah, just because does. it looks like the player had time to make decisions. But if you watch it in real time, There's... David McKay was traveling at immense speed and only at the last second, maybe when he was five meters away, if he's traveling five meters a second, it is a second decision. He actually chose to slightly turn his body to protect himself. And the player on the field has a right to protect themselves. Yeah. But Hunter Clark obviously didn't take that move and copped the, the force of McKay running at the ball at full speed and then also turning and, and copping a bit of a shoulder. So look, there's one argument where you say you have to look after the players and you have to give players punishments that you know cause these incidents but in this situation David McKay did everything he could he he had to protect himself in that situation but they are you going to tell the players to stop going for the ball yeah it's a hard one to say I'm literally just replaying it constantly for me just so I can have a good run he's about so the ball comes out of the 50 um just in I think the St Kilda's uh half forward and McKay far out McKay is uh, <laughs> running in from about the center space on the wing. Um, and he, again, it's it's not like he's turned his body a little bit just so that way, he, again, as you said, he can protect himself. But when you've got eyes for the footy and trying to die for that footy a lot, and, you know, the footy is the thing that creates the goals, creates mm. you winning the game. That's the, the possession yeah. that you want. And that's what you train. You train yeah. for the players to get the ball and go hard at the footy. So I mean, it's, it's understandable. So- I mean, having a broken jaw is not great. No, um, not it, it can put a person out for quite a while. We saw that with Tim English after mm. he got kneed in the face by uh, Norton. Yes. He was out for quite a while. It obviously wasn't, I don't think, as severe as this incident, but still a knee to the jaw is a, mm. a lot of damage. I think the, the bottom line is even the professionals, the people that do this in and out for a living and watch football and analyse football, can't even decide whether David McKay is guilty of anything or not guilty of anything because he has caused an injury, but he's done what you were taught in the game of football. He wasn't going in with the intent to hurt. He was going in with the intent to get the ball. So I sound like a broken record here, but um, I I honestly can't come to a decision. If it was me, I, I think I would say no, no, no suspension. Yeah, I, I think especially going back and watching football 20 years ago, that was just the way it was played. It was rough and tough and it's definitely getting softer as a sport. And I know that's controversial to say. I, I wouldn't say it's softer as a sport. It's still a pretty... <sighs> Listen, it, it's only because safety and player health has become oh, more yeah. into the forefront of the of the conversation. The, the thing, yeah, but the thing is, you got to remember that this is a sport that we're not using any gear to protect ourselves with. The most gear that people have on is um, the helmets to prevent the cushions. Yeah, the concussion other than stuff. mouth guards and rock spray oh, yeah. or shin guard, yeah. but that's it. That's pretty much it. You know, you look at American football and gridiron, they wear full padded stuff and they get more concussions than anyone else, but they're obviously going head-on collisions. Mm. It's, it's a hard one to kind of say, you know, is it a sport soft or not these collisions have happened since the dawn of football mm. these things have obviously been slowly trying to get pushed out but 
stuff happens. Yeah. Now we're on the field. You're yeah. on the field. Now we come to the place where the AFL has to look at player health and, and if these are the incidents that keep popping up and causing the most harm and the most trouble to our players, then that's where the AFL has to take action. So I completely agree with everything you've said there. But um yeah, it's it's happening because players need to be looked after and that is absolutely fair enough. Shall we leave that conversation there? Yes, I reckon so. Just hopefully we'll find out probably over the next couple of days, if not today, later mm. today, um, record, recording this on a Tuesday, um, what's going on with the Mackay. Um, Mackay. My God, this is all your fault. Uh, that incident. It's because he used to call Harry Mackay, Harry Mac- uh, sorry, he used to call Harry Mackay, Harry Mackay all the time. And I've gone, it's Mackay, it's Mackay, it's Mackay. Yeah. And now he can't do it the other way. So that's my fault. So well, obviously we'll find out what the MRO says over the next couple of days, if not later tonight, but hopefully all is well for both players. Mm, definitely. All right. Third story, another Really upsetting one, actually, Mm. and um, coming out of the St Kilda Football Club also. So, um, as Jarvis mentioned in his top footy moment, St Kilda lost that game right at the very end after leading for majority of the game and putting quite a decent lead and and losing a lead. So, um, in the follow-up of that game, uh, Paddy Ryder was uh, the subject of some offensive and insulting tweets or one specific tweet um, just regarding uh, Ryder's race and his mental health. So it is well documented that Paddy Ryder's taken some time out of the sport this year to uh, deal with his mental battles and work on himself. And now that is hitting the headlines for all the wrong reasons. So the tweet, and this is a quote, so please take it as a quote, Um, was that Paddy Ryder now had something to be depressed about and they also referred to Ryder as Blackie, which is, you know, don't need to say any more than utterly disgusting to refer to someone as that. Um, Um, Full, full commendable effort by Ryder to to call that one out as well. Yeah. Later uh, posted a tweet as well saying that um, mental health is not something to joke about and, and not to be racist. So said it how it was. What are your thoughts on this one? Uh, I mean, firstly, when it comes to Twitter, everyone has an opinion and has a voice. And that's what is the beauty of Twitter, but also the downfall of Twitter um, and the Internet in general. Um, it sucks that people have to be like this. I don't understand why people just can't be cool and just... Mm understand that you know people obviously have their mental battles and have we've struggled with this type of um racism for quite some time and Mm -hmm. i mean there's no need i mean at the end of the day it's a game that people are putting their bodies on the line for as we just talked about so um you know i I doubt this dude will could get into uh into a football side and mm. play the way you know Paddy Ryder plays. So absolutely not. He's it, a keyboard warrior. Yeah. So people are just hiding behind screens sometimes, and it sucks to see um, that you know it's slowly creeping into the AFL as well. Um, mm. It's the last thing people really want to hear about or see about, um, especially what's happened over the past year and yeah. a half um, with this type of issue. But what can you say? There's not much else to say really. It's yeah. just you know we. It just sucks, and yeah. you know it shouldn't be commended. I mean, obviously, the media post uh, of this is the furthest it can go. It shouldn't really get too much more publicity because, you know, what they say, um, any publicity is good publicity, um, and that's sometimes yeah. not what we you don't want to see. draw attention yeah. to this, you know, shocking behaviour. Now, I think one other point that I'd like to bring 
just into this conversation is the fact that we really want our players to continue reaching out for help if they are struggling. And we know that um, when it comes to men, speaking about their mental health and, and their feelings is, you know, maybe something that they're not as comfortable and confident with. So um, definitely the fact that Paddy Ryder, you know, came forward, expressed his struggles and then um, had some time out of the sport and that's been thrown back in his face is really, really disappointing. Um it is good to know, though, that football clubs really do have the best interests of their players at heart. You saw in the Amazon Prime documentary, if you had seen it, if you haven't, get on it. Um, not sponsored. <laughs> not sponsored. We just really enjoyed it. Uh, we saw Eddie Betts go through some of these similar struggles with the uh, keyboard warriors, um, you know, posting racist comments. And, and you saw everyone up to the to the top of the AFL in Gil McLaughlin actually call Eddie so we hope that Paddy Ryder is receiving the same support and trust that he is. So I think we'll leave that conversation there. There's not much more yep. we can really add to it other than, um, you know, if if you're ever having thoughts of sharing that, it's it's not appropriate. It shouldn't be in our game. And, and we absolutely adore having, you know, players from all around the world and all different cultures showcasing their talents because they really add a whole other dimension sometimes. So shall we wrap up our top three news stories there? Yes. We are back. We are going to be taking you through uh, a wrap-up of every AFLW club's trade period. Um, an interesting trade period. Some really, really big moves made. And, um, yeah, keen to, to see how every club was ranked and, and how it all turned out. Yeah, so obviously these rankings um, come from the AFLW website. So this is where we are getting all the information um, about the trade period for the AFLW. Um if you want to follow along um, there, you can find it on the AFLW website. All right. So the supposed winners of the trade period goes to none other than the Melbourne Football Club. Things really couldn't be going better at Melbourne, could well, it? Well, yeah, besides Monday. Probably, <laughs> probably True. That. that was ill-timed. But um, Melbourne, so they have managed to recruit Taylor Harris from Carlton. Now that one we have been tracking and talking about the whole way through. Obviously, Taylor and Melbourne came to an agreement and she has made her way over there. And then Liv Purcell, actually a best and fairest winner from Geelong, gone over to Melbourne. Outstanding effort. Now, who have they lost? Who's gone? So they have lost Tegan Cunningham, Meg Downey, uh, Tamaya McVoy. Have I said that right? Where'd you get the T from? It's Neve. Oh, man. (laughs) You really, yeah. Neve McAvoy? This is your fault. Uh, Chase Sloan? Yes. They all retired. These, yes. Well, no. Yes. All of these retired. All of those four retired. Uh, (laughs) Chantel uh, Chantel, uh, Emerson uh, has moved to Geelong. I think that was... Um, from the trade period with Liv Purcell. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mitta, oh geez. Mietta Kendall. There you go, delisted. Um, there we go. Obviously, Melbourne also have the draft picks uh, 42, 44, 49, and 61 uh, for the upcoming draft as well. Now, AFLW gave them a rating of 9 out of 10. So, not perfect, but pretty darn good. I think it's interesting to see what Taylor Harris does. Obviously, she was wanting a lot of money 
from Carlton. Um, so Melbourne either had that money or some some sort of agreement where they've kind of met in the middle. Maybe mm. it's a hundred k. We don't know what. The I actual, imagine so. Something yeah, along those lines. Because um, hundred fifty is a lot. Um, but obviously, we don't know the actual contract uh, for uh, Taylor. We don't know how much he's getting paid. We probably won't know until after a contract is expired mm. or at least close to the ending of that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Taylor does in the new colours. Um, so yeah, we'll go but on to the next one. I'll just add, either way, um, for Taylor, it, someone had to be the first to, to stand up and, and ask for money and ask for a raise. And, um, you know, who, who better than Taylor Harris did to do that? Um, we'll jump into GWS. Now, they have recruited Chloe Dalton from Carlton. Now, she's an interesting one. She actually has a background in rugby sevens and has won an Olympic gold medal with the Ooh. Australian rugby sevens team. So what she brings is speed and absolute tenacity when she plays. Um, so I'm sad to see her leave Carlton. Uh, they've also recruited Jasmine Grierson from North Melbourne and Katie Loins, who was delisted or um, not offered another contract from Carlton. So they've all made their way over there. Um, would you like me to take you through the outs? Yes, can you take me through the outs, please? <laughs> so they have lost Jess Dalpos to Carlton. They have lost Elle Bennett to the Western Bulldogs. Yep. They have lost uh, Sarah Halverson. Jody Hicks, Aaron Todd, and Britt Tully, they have all been delisted. And Jess Allen is inactive now. Jess Allen is actually part of our Australian Army. Okay. And um, so she has a bit of an interesting case where sometimes she is unavailable at certain times. So It's fair enough. Um, GWS also have uh, draft picks 37 and 56 for the upcoming draft. So I'll be interested to see what they do in the latest uh, later picks there. Mm-hmm. Um, and try to fill out their team a little bit more. See if they can find any gems late in the draft. They were rated a 8.5 out of 10 for their efforts in the draft. On to West Coast. Um, they have recruited Evie Gooch from Fremantle. Yes. I'm gonna, Okay, I'm waiting for like the nod of approval from Nisha before I continue on to the next one. Uh, they've also recruited uh, Amy Schmidt. Oh, jeez, I've only known that one because of New Girl. <laughs> uh, they recruited her from GWS. Um, and do you want to go through the outs of this one? I or will go through the well, outs. Yes, yeah, so West Coast, as we know, are a struggling side, so it's not uncommon to see a few players head out the door after a, a you know an off-season. So yeah. um, Micah Carter, Beatrice Devlin, Brianna Green, Alicia Jans, Demi Little, Julia Ann Norrish, Kate Orm, and Caitlin Pope have all been delisted. So well done, girls, for your time. Maybe they can find a home at another club uh, later down the track. Yeah, obviously free agents can still be probably picked up from other clubs. So we'll see you interested in what they do there. Uh, West Coast also have draft picks 3, 21, 24, 41, and 53 for the upcoming draft. So it'll be interested to see what they do in the late, in the early stages as well as the late. Um, so they also are rated a 7.5 out of 10. Next team gold coast gold coast so uh, they have recruited uh vivian sard uh, from north melbourne and uh claudia whitfort uh, whitfort from mm. st kilda yes very well done with those names there they have lost and, and we have spoken about some of these uh these retirees um earlier on the podcast but they have mm. lost sally riley and sam virgo to retirement and a few players were delisted in Georgia Bevan, Jordan Hickey, Leah Kasler, which is a very interesting one. She was a, an inaugural player in the oh, AFL. Yeah. 
W, um, Paige Parker and Molly Ritson. So it will be interesting to see what someone, for instance, Leah Kasler, wants to do uh, following this season. She might still feel she's got a little bit left in the tank. Um, take us through their draft picks as well. Yeah, so they've actually got the number one draft picks, so they will have first choice of uh, of their player of choosing from the uh, VFLW. Is that correct? Oh, it's just from the draft. It's just from the draft? Okay. Yeah. Um, also, uh, they've got picks 6, 8, 30, and 51, so they'll be getting a lot of the new young guns, I believe, Gold Coast. Um, they got rated 7, oops, 7.5 out of 10 from the AFLW website here as well. So it'll be interesting what they do for the next season. And the next team to to uh, come in to order is Collingwood. Who have Collingwood picked up? Uh, they picked up none other than Sabrina Frederick from Richmond. Now, obviously, she is one of the, I want to say, higher-up icons of the AFLW. Bit of a cult figure. Yeah, cult figure, especially from Richmond. So it'll be interesting to see what um, the tall forward does over at Collingwood. I think Collingwood actually needed a tall forward, if I do remember correctly. Yes, they lost a bit um, of height. Yes. So, yeah, I'll be interested to see what they do there. Also, uh, out uh, from the trade period is Maddie Shevlin. Um, that was the trade between Frederick and um, Maddie there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've also got Shari Norder. Shani Norder. Uh, almost. Uh, retired. And then uh, Christy Stratton was delisted. Um, uh, Collingwood also have picks. Uh, 29, 32, 33, and 62. So, Shani Norda, we uh, saw her actually go down the big freeze slide yesterday dressed as Vanilla Ice. So, oh. if you are wondering who Shani Norda is, she's that vanilla is Vanilla Ice from, from Big Slide yesterday. No, she's just Vanilla Ice. <laughs> very, end. very good effort and obviously supporting a cause that, that we're passionate about here. Um, and they were rated a 7 out of 10 in yes. their trade period. On to the next one, none other than Geelong, the Cats. They recruited Chloe uh, Shear yes. uh, from Adelaide and uh, Chantelle Emerson from Melbourne, as we spoke about earlier. Um, now, they've lost a few players as well. So they've lost uh, Liv Purcell, um, who obviously, as we mentioned, headed off to Melbourne. Um, Asta O'Connor retired. Um, Maddie Boyd, Rochelle Cranston, Kate Darby, Nicole Garner, Bet Goring, and Mia Skinner. The listed now are some pretty big names in that bunch. Maddie Boyd has made her way through a couple of AFLW teams, and Rochelle Cranston is a big uh, cult mm. figure. Some people might remember uh, Cranston as the, the player down at Geelong with the big dreadlocks. She was actually a bit of a poster girl for them. So who knows? Some of these players might be popping up in the draft or, or in off-season recruitment. Um, as well, Geelong have draft picks 2, 7, 9, 15, and 52, mm. and they were rated 7 out of 10. So, so early on players in that group. Now, Richmond Football Club, they have, in the dying stages of the trade period, recruited Jess Hosking from Carlton. The Hosking sisters. The Hosking sisters have been reunited. They also recruited Poppy Kelly from St Kilda. And as we mentioned, Maddie Shevlin from Collingwood. Now they have lost Sabrina Frederick to Collingwood. Uh, Alice Edmonds, Emily Harley, Luca... L- oh, I'm going to say this wrong. Lasoki Hay. Um, yeah, sure. Akek Makuochut. Phoebe Monaghan. Cleo Saxon-Jones. Holly Whitford. And Alana Woodward. They've all been delisted. Lots of players there. Lots of... 
well-known players there. Mm. Very interesting what the side will look like in the next uh, upcoming season for Richmond. Uh, they also have draft picks 5, 16, 55, and 57 with a rating of 7 out of 10 from the AFLW website. Uh, on to North Melbourne. They've recruited no one. No one. Uh, no one has been recruited, but they do have a few outs. Um, obviously, Vivian Saad has gone to the Gold Coast. Um, and then the following have been delisted. Caitlin Cox, Kate Gillespie-Jones, uh, Georgia Hammond, uh, Beth Lynch, and Tahani uh, Nestor. I don't know why. I don't know why you paused for that one. I was just really getting the Tahani in my brain for some reason. <laughs> I think um, it's just Tahani, to be honest. Tahani. Either way, uh, North also have draft picks 13, 9, uh, 13 19, 28, 50, 45, sorry, 59. Um, and they got a 6.5 out of 10. There's an old saying, if it says, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So That's I guess North, well, of, I mean, they North got... have been firing. I mean, they didn't end up winning the grand final, but they did have a very competitive side. So yeah. hopefully they can pick up a few uh, guns to start, you know, building their list in the draft. Um, On to Fremantle. They, much like North Melbourne, have recruited no one, uh, but do have a few outs. Um, Evie Gooch has gone to West Coast. Uh, Leah... Uh, Mas- Mascal, 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 yeah. I think Mascal has retired. Um, uh, Ashley Sharp is inactive due to pregnancy, so she might come back. Maybe, probably not. Don't not know how pregnant season. she is at the moment. Yeah, neither do I. Didn't even know she was pregnant. Um, <laughs> Tiny Tester, Jess Trend, and Alex Williams have all been delisted as well. Fremantle will have draft picks 14, 31, 38, 46, and 60, and got a six out of ten from the AFLW website. And now Brisbane is the next side to be rated, and they have picked up. Again, no recruits. They have lost a few players due to retirement, and mm-hmm. those players are Lauren Arnell, Jesse Keith, and Emma Zilke. They have all retired from the game, um, and they've delisted a few players as well. Beth Pynchon, Selena Priest, Ruby Spark, and Jordan Zanchetta. I think it's a good thing I took that list of names. You might have struggled with a couple of those. Yep. They've all been delisted. Um, uh, Brisbane also have draft picks, 18, 35, 50, 64, and also got a 5 out of 10 from the AFLW website. On to the dogs. Very quiet trade period. Very quiet trade period for this later half. I think all the interesting goss came in the first half of this one, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, dogs recruited Ellie Bennett, as discussed before from GWS. It's actually Elle Bennett's. Elle Bennett's. I'll Never correct mind. you on that now because she's one of your players. Yes. Out is Amela von uh, Ustewick. <laughs> oh, They've really done your doozy there. <laughs> uh, she um, has been retired. Uh, Amelia Van Oosterwijk. I, th- I I'm gonna I go got with that. yeah. You said Amla, but that's okay. Amla? Did I? Oh, um, they also have draft picks 22, 25, 27, and forty three. Oh, I hate listening back to this. I'm gonna be honest. You probably will. It's going to be a bit cringe. Now Adelaide have also recruited nobody. Um, but going out is Chloe Shear headed to Geelong. Renee Fourth has been delisted, and Jess Saundry is inactive for 2021 and 2022. Not too sure what her um, inactive reason is, but nonetheless, she won't be playing uh, at this stage. They also have picks 17, 20, 34, and 47, and 63, and they've been rated 4 out of 10. Let's head to St Kilda. Yes, they have recruited no one, uh, much like some of these other teams but before, and out for them is going to Poppy Kelly, as discussed before, going to Richmond. Uh, Claudia Whitford has gone to the Gold Coast, as discussed before. Selena Carlston, Carl- Carlston has retired. Uh, Alison Brown, Tamara Luke, uh, Nadia von Bertuch. 
yeah, sure, has <laughs> all been delisted. I'm so sorry if I'm butchering these names. Uh, St. Kilda also have draft picks for 12, 36, 39, uh, 48, and 54, and got rated 4 out of 10. Um, on to the Blues. I'll the take you through this. So ha- we have recruited uh, small forward Jess Dalpos from GWS, and going out is quite a large list. Um Taylor Harris is headed to Melbourne, as we touched on. Jess Hosking headed to Richmond. Chloe Dalton and Katie Loins have both headed to GWS. Now, Alison Downey on this list says delisted, but she was actually picked up the day after the trade period by Collingwood. So we should add that one in there. Wouldn't have been in Collingwood's list just yet. Nope. Uh, Jess Edwards and Winnie Lang have been delisted. Um, the Blues did uh, do a bit of uh, trading of picks, trying to strengthen their draft hand, and they have ended up with pick 10, 11, 23, 26, 40, and 58. And they have a trade rating of 3 out of 10. So losing a few of those guns hurt them in the trade period. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, they got the short end of the stick, um, I think, uh, Carlton. But it is what it is. We'll have to see how they go. They still have a pretty good midfield. Um, obviously, uh Oh, what was her name? Down in the forward line. Darcy Vessio. Darcy Vessio had it came off a great season, so obviously still a few Whoa, what was that? It's my phone. Oh my gosh. Her pal. <laughs> We're trying to record a podcast here. Um obviously a lot of uh interesting pieces being moved around for the AFLW. Very interested to see what Taylor Harris does at her new football club. Interesting to say that the uh the Melbourne star isn't going to be the star of Melbourne. Uh, so that's quite interesting there. Um, also, I'm interested to see what uh, Frederick does over at Collingwood, um, see if she can actually solidify the tall forwards. It'll be there. a new look for season. Uh, well, it will actually start at the end of 2021, but I'm going to call it 2022. Um, yes. It'll be a very new look for the AFLW. Shall we get into our tips? Yes. All right. The first match of round 14 is a big one. Uh. Geelong take the dogs third versus second down at GMHBA Stadium at this stage. Uh, no, it is gonna it is gonna be there with no crowd. Confirmed. That is confirmed. No, yeah. Uh, I'm going the dogs. I have to. It's a it's a cult right legacy that I have to. I'm gonna go with the cats. Well, you suck. So I wouldn't have, but they put in a very impressive performance against Port, running over the top of them in Adelaide, and you know they only go from strength to strength when they're playing at home. So I'm sorry, Jarvis. Dogs also had a bye. They did, they did. So so. hopefully a refresh, recharge Bulldogs coming off the loss. Hopefully you get a few players. Get a few players back. I don't even know if we will, actually. I think McLean might be back and possibly Richards might be back, but they've been no VFL. So, interesting what happens there. I think Martin is still going to be out due to that AC joint, possibly, as well. Mm. Um, on to the next game. Uh, it's going to be the Gold Coast Suns versus Port Adelaide um, for the first game on Saturday. Uh, who you got for this one? I've got Port. Yeah, Pretty same. easy for me. On to the next one. Uh, North Melbourne, Brisbane Lions. Um, yep, Brisbane, yeah, Brisbane pretty. for me. Um, then we've got on the Saturday night, we've got uh, the Giants take on the Blues up at Giants Stadium. Obviously coming off their draw against North Melbourne, which mm. is a bit sad. Uh, Carter are coming off their bye, um, so they'll be a bit refreshed with the newly signed Harry McKay. I oh, was waiting for McKay. you to throw that in there. I said McKay. I know McKay. you did. I forgive you. Yeah, you better. You I'm going to go with Carlton, I think. I really think they have oh. to win this game. They See, have to. I would say the same, but I just... GWS are just so... They look in shambles at the moment as well. Mm. So it's two shamble teams, I want to say. Um, I think uh, Sammy Walsh will put you over the line for Carlton. <laughs> 
might like be the battle of season. Walsh and Kelly in the midfield. What a battle that could be. Could it end up to be a fantastic show? Could and be. we have the final game of the round is Hawthorne versus Essendon. Who now, got? if you can remember back to round one, the uh, the Bombers had a 40-point lead over the Hawks and the Hawks managed to come back and win by one point. I am going to put my money on the Bombers this time, though. I think they might just hang on this time. See, the issue is, is that Hawthorne just came off a win against Sydney, which shouldn't have been possible. <laughs> it really shouldn't have been possible. Obviously, their new recruit, did amazing mm. over there as well. So, like, a part of me says that I should go with Hawthorne to it try and catch Tasmania. up. It is in Tasmania. It is in Tassie as well. A part of me is saying I should go with Hawthorne just to go for the upset. Risk it to get the biscuit. But then I'm going to lose out on the dogs. So I feel like I should play it safe and go for Essendon as well and hope the dogs win uh, mm. against the Cats. So that's the only one we differ on as well. All right. There are eight teams with buys this round. It is Adelaide, Richmond, St Kilda, West Coast, Sydney, Pies, Dockers, and Dees. So uh, pretty quiet weekend of football, but as we all learnt, even a quiet weekend can bring us a lot of news. So we're going to wrap that episode up there. Thank you so much for tuning into episode 20 of After the Siren podcast. If you would like to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram at After the Siren podcast. You can find us on Twitter at After the Siren underscore. And if you would like to find our personal Instagrams, they are always in the description. Thank you so much. Goodbye.